Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to be doing another mock draft using the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard. So this is going to be a 10-team PPR draft and we're going to be selecting from the 7th slot. This is going to be one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, no defense, no kicker, and six bench slots. So a pretty standard setup in terms of roster construction. So let's get right into it. So here we can see the draft board and let's take a look at the first six picks. So it went Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. And then we saw our first wide receiver with Devontae Adams. I personally don't feel confident taking Devontae Adams this high, especially when we don't know what's gonna happen with Aaron Rodgers. But it really helps us out here because in the first round, I basically like to go running back almost 100% of the time. I just think you get those running backs early and often, and then you're able to kind of take some shots at wide receivers later in the draft because it's much easier to, you know, draft a wide receiver two in the later rounds. You know, a guy you can take a shot on, maybe a rookie or kind of a guy who's just undervalued compared to trying to draft a RB2 in the later rounds. It's just really not going to happen. There's so much more depth at wide receiver which is why I like to get those running backs early. All right, so let's take a look at who is still available. So we have Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, some really, really solid quality options here. I talked about Devontae Adams just a little bit ago, but I think if Aaron Rodgers commits to coming back to the Packers, I would really be considering Aaron Jones with this pick just because the last two years with Rodgers, we've seen him finish as a mid to high end RB1, but I just don't feel comfortable taking him here, not knowing you know what's gonna happen with Aaron Rodgers. So I think with this pick, I'm really gonna be looking at Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler. This is PPR, so Eckler definitely gets a little bit of a boost because he is such a good pass catcher. I think that kind of hurts Jonathan Taylor because he wasn't super involved in the receiving department last year, and now you're going from Phil Rivers who's basically the check down king, now to Carson Wentz, who really kind of hurt Miles Sanders work in the receiving game. I think this is a pretty clear pick in my mind. I think it's Zeke here. I know he had that really bad last season, but I mean, he just has a track record of being a high-end RB1, and that was really his first slip-up. Just take a look at these stat lines he's put up. 2016, rushed for over 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 2017 in 10 games, almost rushed for 1,000 yards, still got in the end zone nine times. 2018, over 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns, almost 600 receiving yards. 2019, almost 1,400 yards, 14 total touchdowns. And then obviously 2020 was his down year, didn't reach the 1,000 yard mark, but I think it's pretty obvious why that happened. Zeke was on fire when Dak was on the field, then Dak goes down, that offensive line starts to sustain a lot of injuries, you know, and then they start using Tony Pollard because Zeke is kind of banged up and it just all went downhill. But I really expect Zeke to return to that RB1 form. And I really think this is going to be a bounce back year for him. All right. So after our Ezekiel Elliott pick, we saw five more running backs come off the board with Tyreek Hill mixed in. So Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb all went. And I'm honestly a little bit disappointed that one of those running backs didn't fall to us here. But you know, there may be some value at wide receiver or maybe still another guy at running back. I think it's still too early to go quarterback. 
Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the pick is pretty clear here, and it's going to be a tight end. Travis Kelsey falling to kind of middle of the second round. I don't think that's going to happen in a lot of drafts. There are some just really solid options here with Cam Akers at running back, Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, but I think Travis Kelsey might have to be the pick here. He just provides such a positional advantage at tight end. You know, you could put him out there and in PPR scoring, he could be projecting like 18 points per game and your opponent has a guy out there who's like projected 11 and still a pretty solid tight end one. So on a week to week basis, you could just be putting up a seven point cushion at the tight end position and that is super valuable, especially in 10 or 18 leagues. You know, these leagues where you have less teams, you're able to get more depth. So your roster isn't as hindered by going tight end early. So that's what we're going to be doing here. Travis Kelsey at the 204, attached to Patrick Mahomes, and just should be in for another high-end season. In the end of the second round and then the start of the third round, we saw a pretty heavy mix of running backs and wide receivers. We saw Cam Akers, Najee Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown, Antonio Gibson come off the board. Then we saw a little bit of a run at wide receiver at the start of the third with Ridley, Jefferson, Michael Thomas, and DK coming off. Then we saw our second tight end, Darren Waller, come off the board, followed by Patrick Mahomes. So now it's our pick here at the 307, and we can go in a ton of different directions, probably focused in on running back and wide receiver. We don't need another tight end, even though George Kittle, you know, later third round isn't a bad option. We already have Kelsey, so we're not going to be looking at tight end for the entire rest of the draft. We can just forget about that position. It's too early for me to go quarterback. I just think there's so much depth at quarterback this season that I'm not going to be going quarterback third round when you still have guys like CEH, Swift, Keenan Allen on the board, just not something I'm going to entertain. Right now, I'm looking at my roster and I have one of my running backs filled out. And so I could go running back again, go running back, tight end, running back, just really establish those two workhorses, or I could acquire my first wide receiver. I think there are two guys that are really sticking out to me here. At running back, it's CEH, and at wide receiver, it's Keenan Allen. I really like Keenan Allen as a third round wide receiver pick. You know, if I'm drafting and I go running back, running back, and can pick Keenan Allen up as my wide receiver one, I'm down to do that all day. But I'm just a little bit skeptical picking him here because I only do have one running back, and I'm concerned that in the next six picks, CEH and Swift are going to come off the board, you know, and then I don't like the value as much. I do still like Chris Carson, but you know, I just don't think he's up there with the CEHs and the DeAndre Swifts. So I think I'm going to be leaning CEH here just because when I look at those wide receivers, you know, you still have Allen Robinson, McLaurin, Cooper, Woods. I really like all of those players and the odds are that one of them is going to fall to me here in the next round. So CEH is going to be the pick. He's a guy that I honestly think has like early third round, maybe even late second round value. So to get him here in the later third is pretty solid. And then we just kind of have to hope that one of these top receivers falls to us with our next pick. So to finish up the third round, we saw George Kittle come off the board, followed by Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Swift, and Mike Evans. So, you know, more wide receiver heavy, pretty common, you know, third round. Round one is almost entirely running backs. Then you get to round two, you have some more receivers mixed in. Then I think round three is really where people start to go more heavy wide receiver. But let's see who is left for us here. We already have two running backs, one tight end. So we probably want to be looking wide receiver with this pick. And there are still some solid options on the board 
Got Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods. I think the two guys that I like the most here, it's going to be Amari Cooper and Robert Woods. And actually, maybe Julio Jones thrown in there. But I think Amari Cooper is pretty clearly the top option here. I do really like Robert Woods with Matthew Stafford coming in. But I just think Amari Cooper has the clear wide receiver one potential. We saw last year when Dak was on the field, he was lighting it up. I really like this entire Cowboys offense, to be honest, just because that defense is so bad, they're going to have to score a ton of points, and Dak is just going to be feeding these wide receivers, handing the ball off to Zeke. They're all just going to be putting up huge games. So Amari Cooper is going to be my wide receiver one here, and he's another one of these players. I kind of talked about it with Keenan Allen going into the third. Amari Cooper in the fourth round, I think is really solid value. After our Amari Cooper pick, we saw a ton of wide receivers come off. Julio, CeeDee Lamb, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Cup, and Lockett. Just a couple of running backs with Dobbins, Montgomery, and Sanders. And then we saw Josh Allen come off as the second quarterback. So now we're up at the 507. And I really think we could go running back, wide receiver, or maybe even quarterback here if we like some of the value we could get. I just don't know if I want to go quarterback yet because I do like Murray, Lamar, and Dak. So, you know, maybe one of those guys falls to the sixth. And I think there's some serious value here at running back with Chris Carson still on the board. It seems like almost every mock draft I do, I take Chris Carson. It's just because he keeps falling to these really favorable positions. At wide receiver, there is DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay. I think DJ Moore would be the top option there. But I still would just rather get Chris Carson, have three solid running backs that I feel confident starting on a week-to-week basis. Because with the running back position, injuries are going to happen. You know, they get worn down. There's going to be bye weeks. So you're going to need some decent depth at that position. And I just don't think you're going to be able to find it, you know, super late in the draft. So I'm feeling pretty good about going Chris Carson with this pick. I think he's going to be the workhorse in Seattle again. Obviously, injuries hindered him last season. But I mean, look at 2018, 2019, when he was given those workhorse touches, 1,150 rush yards, 1,230 rush yards. And I think what was a really positive thing to see last year was just that improved work in the receiving game. Only 12 games, he went for 287 receiving yards. It's obviously, you know, not top tier wide receiver production out of the backfield, but 37 receptions, it's solid and it is improvement. And if he could finish as, you know, a mid to high end running back two without that receiving upside, then I think he has a chance to break in, you know, maybe as a bottom tier running back one, if everything goes right for him. To finish up round five, we saw Galladay, DJ Moore, and Lamar Jackson come off the board. Then to start the sixth, it was Odell, Mark Andrews, and Josh Jacobs. So we saw one of every position, and that leaves us up here at the 604. Right now, we've got Ezekiel Elliott, CEH, Amari Cooper, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Carson. So I think with this pick, we probably want to lock in at quarterback or wide receiver. And my guy, Kyler Murray, is still on the board here. I don't think you're going to be able to draft Kyler Murray in the sixth round, you know, once draft season really starts to kick in. But I'm not going to be able to pass up this value right here. You do have some solid running backs available here with Gaskin and Mike Davis. I talked about those guys in my mid-round running back targets, and I really like them. But I do already have three running backs, so I probably am not going to be looking there. And then at wide receiver, I think this is kind of the range where the quality starts to fall off just a little bit. I do like Ayuk, Higgins, but I do think there's just a little bit more risk there with those players, you know, compared to the top 24 guys who seem to be locked in as wide receiver twos. 
So I think the clear pick here is Kyler Murray. In just his sophomore season, he put up some pretty crazy numbers, threw for almost 4,000 yards, 26 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, over 800 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. And that's really where the upside comes in. He has that ability to score on the ground, you know, not quite Lamar Jackson level production, but he's about as close as you can get. And then also the Cardinals went out and they greatly improved his wide receiver core, drafted Rondell Moore in the NFL draft, and then they brought in AJ Green, you know, who seems to be injured a lot, but it's definitely a positive piece to this offense. So hopefully it can take some pressure off of D-Hop and just elevate this offense overall. So Kyler in the sixth round signed me up all day for that value. And it's also nice because we've almost filled out our entire starting lineup. So we're getting some quality selections with every pick. All right, let's take a look at the draft board after Murray went off the board. We saw some tight ends come off with Hawkinson, Pitts, and Thomas, a mix of wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, pretty even basically everywhere. So now it is our pick at the 707. Let's take a look at who's on the board. I think in an ideal world, there would be a really solid option here at wide receiver because we already have quarterback tight end. We don't have to worry about those positions again. And then we also have three running backs already, only one wide receiver. So it would be pretty nice to just slot in that starting lineup right away. But when I am looking at these options, it's Juju, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, Robbie Anderson. I do like Robbie Anderson, but you know, I just don't know if I like him more than Mike Davis, who's still here at running back. There's no shot Mike Davis is actually going to fall to the seventh round in real drafts. There's just too much of an emphasis on the running back position. But I mean, here, I'd be comfortable taking him as my running back four, even though I only have one wide receiver, just because there is so much value there. I'd feel pretty fine having him as my running back three. So having him as the RB4, I'm all in for that. And if I'm being honest, I'm going to need, you know, four running backs. And even if I don't, you know, if somehow all these guys stay perfectly healthy, which, you know, isn't very likely, Mike Davis will be a huge trade piece or, you know, any of these other running backs that I have in my lineup. So, you know, this isn't a best ball draft where it just starts your players automatically. I'm going to be able to make trades. So even if this isn't the perfect roster construction right now, I feel confident that I'm going to be able to deal Mike Davis or one of these other running backs for much more value than what's here at the wide receiver position right now. So Mike Davis is going to be the guy. And then hopefully, you know, there are some other options at wide receiver that fall to us here for our next pick in the eighth round. So to finish up the seventh, we saw two quarterbacks come off with Wilson and Hertz, followed by Juju, Etienne, Ronald Jones, and DJ Chark. So, you know, not a ton of wide receivers going off right there. So hopefully there is a guy there for us because that's the position we need to lock into right now, probably for the next couple picks because we only have one wide receiver compared to four running backs and we're locked in at QB and tight end. So we can just forget about that position unless there's some sort of insane value at the end of the draft. But right now at wide receiver, we've got Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller. And I think, I mean, the most talented guy here is Cortland Sutton. I think he's a beast. I'm just very concerned about his situation. I just don't think his skill, you know, matches what his fantasy production is actually gonna do because you have Drew Locke there or Teddy Bridgewater. I don't trust either of those guys to support Sutton. And he did put up a big year, not in 2020, but in 2019. But I mean, that was with him, you know, operating as the, you know, true main guy. He's still going to be the number one, but you also have Jerry Judy there. Noah Fant has improved 
and he is coming off of a pretty serious injury. So I just don't know how confident I am that he's going to have a really high ceiling this year. Robbie Anderson, he's probably not going to have a high ceiling either, but I think he's just going to be a very consistent option. We saw how he finished last year. You know, he was a borderline wide receiver too, just a very solid guy. You felt confident plugging in week in and week out. He played in all 16 games, got 136 targets, 95 receptions, almost 1,100 receiving yards, pretty terrible in terms of touchdowns, only three, but that's kind of to be expected of a possession receiver. We saw he finished as the wide receiver 19 in total points. I don't really like to look at total points just because I think it's much more valuable to look at points per game. You know, because when a guy misses a game, it's not like you get a zero for that week. You're able to slot in your backup. So I think points per game is much more valuable, but still you see wide receiver two in total points. And I don't see why his production doesn't increase this year. We saw Curtis Samuel eating up a lot of those targets, getting work in the running game, and he was still able to put up those numbers. It was him, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore all in that wide receiver room. Now they did draft Terrace Marshall, but do I think Marshall is going to come in and outproduce what Curtis Samuel did? No, I do not. And then you bring in Sam Darnold, and I know some people are concerned about it, but Teddy Bridgewater just did not really support these receivers. He got them yardage and volume, but I mean the touchdowns were just not there for really any of these guys. So now you have Sam Darnold, and I don't really think his floor is much lower than Bridgewater's was, but I think his ceiling is definitely a great deal higher. So Robbie Anderson is one of these kind of mid to late round wide receiver guys that I really like drafting this year. To finish up the eighth round, we saw Melvin Gordon, A-Rod, James Robinson come off the board, followed by some receivers, Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, then Brady at quarterback, then another stretch of wideouts with Fuller, Samuel, Samuel again, and Boyd, and then David Johnson at running back. So now we have our pick here at the 9.07. We probably want to go wide receiver again. We only have two wide receivers compared to four running backs. I do like Raheem Mostert at the running back position, but I do think I just want to lock in at wide receiver so we're not just super weak there. And looking at the guys that are available, we've got Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, LaVisca. I'm just going to quickly run through my thoughts on each of these guys. I really like Brandon Cooks this year. I think even though this Texans team is just going to be a dumpster fire, I mean, they're truly going to be awful. He's the clear wide receiver one, and they have to play the games. They have to pass someone the ball, and Brandon Cooks is going to be that guy. He has the big playability, but he also has the potential, you know, to get 100 receptions in a season. And so, you know, the downside is definitely going to be lack of touchdowns, but I think he can be a pretty safe kind of floor play for you. Jerry Judy had a pretty solid rookie year, not exceptional, but I mean, I just don't really like him. Kind of same thing with Cortland Sutton, except for, you know, he's going to be the wide receiver two behind Sutton. So I like Judy even less. With Jarvis Landry, I'm just not a huge fan of these Browns pass catchers. I think they have such an efficient run game. I just don't know if him or Odell is going to get enough volume to be, you know, a confident week-to-week play. They could always have those big games, you know, they get like three receptions, but put up 100 yards and a touchdown. That's just not something I really want to bank on. With Corey Davis, he has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one for the Jets, but I think there's been a lot of buzz with Elijah Moore that he's really been impressing people in training camp. And just in general, there's a lot of weapons here with the Jets. You know, maybe not top tier weapons, but they do just have a lot of guys. 
You've got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Crowder, Mims, Berrios, just a lot of mouths to feed on an offense that I don't think is going to be super high scoring or efficient. So, you know, probably going to be fading these Jets wide receivers, unless it's Elijah Moore kind of late in the draft. And then LaVisca, he's actually been getting some hype this year out of the training camps. People think he's playing really well, and that is good to hear. But I'm just going to be concerned. Almost the same thing with Corey Davis. I think there's a lot of miles you're going to have to feed in Jacksonville. You have Marvin Jones, who's a very capable, you know, wide receiver too, at least. Then you also have DJ Chark, who's proven that he can be a wide receiver one. So I just don't feel confident, you know, pinpointing that LaVisca is going to be the guy in that offense. So I think of the guys I talked about, I definitely like Brandon Cooks the most. And I do kind of like, since I'm a little bit weaker at the wide receiver position, that I'm able to draft a guy who seems safer. So that's who we're going to go with in the ninth round. Let's see who came off the board after Cooks. We saw Judy, Fournette, Landry, Fant, Marquise Brown, and Javante Williams go off. So now it's our pick at the 10.04. I think maybe wide receiver again, get our fourth guy, kind of even it up with those running backs. Or if there's some value at the running back position, I'm not opposed to going RB again. So looking at wide receivers, it's basically kind of those same guys that we had before. I do like Antonio Brown there. I think he's being greatly underrated this year, but I don't know if I like him enough to pass up Raheem Mostert here, who has somehow fallen you know, this late in the draft. I think he's likely to be you know, a top eight round pick. And so here to get him in, I think what is the 10th round is some serious value. And I think if I draft him here, I just lock up that running back room five just super solid running backs and then i can just fire off shots at wide receivers and you know likely one of those three is going to hit and you know i'll have enough value at the wide receiver position so i think that's what we're going to do go out get raheem mostert just totally kind of insulate that running back room and really just open it up to take some you know real shots at the wide receiver position wow so after we picked raheem mostert teams just went on a run of running backs we saw drake connor carter all come off the board and then we saw Goddard and Irv Smith mixed in there. And then Damian Harris, Kene Nguawu. I've literally never heard that guy before. I have no idea how he got drafted this high. He's on the Vikings, I guess. So he's going to be one of Delvin Cook's backups. That is a strange pick. Then Zach Moss, Trey Sermon, Naheem Hines, A.J. Dillon. And then the only wide receiver, Devontae Parker, going at the 11.06. So now we are up at the 11.07. And let's see who is there. The good thing is that I do not believe Antonio Brown was picked. I was hyping him up before our last pick. I thought we were going to lose out on him, but you know, luckily there was that crazy run at running back. So he's going to be our guy here for sure. Being ranked here as wide receiver 45 is just absurd to me. Even what he did last year just wildly outperforms this ADP. In eight games, he caught 45 passes, almost 500 yards, four touchdowns. I think he's going to be Brady's almost like safety blanket. I think they probably have some of the best chemistry of any of those wide receivers. And he had to step in in week nine and just try to figure it out in this brand new offense. I can imagine that was difficult, especially when you have other, you know, super solid weapons there. So they didn't 100% need him. So a full offseason of Antonio Brown, you know, gelling with this offense. I really think he could have a huge year and is one of my favorite wide receiver values this year. After AB, we saw some more of those running backs come off with Singletary, Cohen, Pollard, and Latavius Murray. Then Tyler Higby mixed in there along with LaVisca. So now it is our pick, the 1204. 
We have two more picks left, and let's just take a quick look at our roster. We've got Kyler at QB, Zeke, CEH, and Chris Carson as our running backs with Carson in the slot. Then a wide receiver, we got Amari Cooper and Robbie Anderson, Travis Kelsey at tight end. Then our bench is Mike Davis, Brandon Cooks, Raheem Mostert, and Antonio Brown. So that's one quarterback, one tight end, five running backs, and four wide receivers. So a pretty solid split there. But I think I'm just going to be locked in at the wide receiver position. Don't like these, you know, bottom tier running backs. And that's why I feel so confident about going running back early, right? Because if I'm looking at the wide receivers, guys like Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, Cole Beasley, Jalen Waddell, you know, I feel like all these guys have the potential to be solid week to week plays. But then you look at the running back position, aside from Jamal Williams, who I do like, I mean, like JD McKissick, Daryl Henderson, James White, Alexander Madison. Are we ever going to feel confident starting those guys unless there's an injury to their starters? I don't think so. So that's why I really like going RB early and often. And now it leaves me in a position where I can throw some darts at the wide receiver slot. There are a couple of these kind of late round wide receiver guys that I'm interested in. And I kind of like to diversify which players I'm throwing those darts at. So some of the guys that I'm looking at here... Corey Davis, I don't really love him, you know, in terms of his ADP, but this late in the draft, I don't think he's a terrible pick. I like Marvin Jones just because I think he can kind of be a spoiler in that Jaguars offense. We saw last year that he operated as the wide receiver one in Detroit, and I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if he kind of just weasels his way in there. You've got Cole Beasley, who I like, TY I've taken, Jalen Waddle is actually decent. I think he kind of gels well with Tua, and they already have the chemistry of playing together. John Brown, Russell Gage, Rashad Bateman. These are guys that I've already thrown darts at. So with this pick, you know, I think I'm just going to go Jalen Waddle. I don't think I've taken him in any other drafts. You know, if this was a super serious money league, I probably wouldn't go with him at this slot. But I mean, we've seen in recent years that rookie wide receivers have really shown that they can truly break out as rookies. And in this Dolphins offense, you've got Devontae Parker, who I think has basically been relegated to the wide receiver three role. I don't see him having you know, a ton of work this year. And then you've got Will Fuller, who has proven that he can be a mid-tier wide receiver one for fantasy. But I mean, him and Tua just do not match up at all. Tua did not want to push the ball down the field last season, and that is what Will Fuller does. So if Jalen Waddle can get in this offense, kind of operate out of the slot, or even out wide, but just they get the ball in his hands, and he's able to use that speed and elusiveness to make plays, I really think that's where Jalen Waddle is going to feast. So, you know, I'm fine taking a little shot on Jalen Waddle here. And like I mentioned, he does have that chemistry with Tua, which should help him out, you know, just getting introduced to the offense. After our Waddle pick, I mean, every position came off the board. We saw Tanyan go, and then wide receivers, Gallup and Gage. At running back, McKissick, Gainwell, Gus Edwards, James White. Quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. Cole Beasley at wide receiver. Gasecki is another backup tight end. And Jamal Williams at running back. So this is going to be our last pick of the draft. And on these last picks, I'm honestly fine going with any position. I think for roster construction, it would probably be ideal to go wide receiver. But I mean, I just want to look at every position to make sure we can't find some you know serious value that could operate as a trade asset. So I'm looking at the wide receiver position, and there's a lot of the same names on there that were on there the last time we picked running back. Not really a fan of these guys. I already feel pretty locked in with my RBs. But what's really sticking out to me here is Ryan Tannehill is still on the board. He's a guy I've taken as my QB1 and I think a couple of these mocks. So I really like him this year. And this value is too good 
to not go out and get him as a backup. Kyler Murray is a running quarterback, so there is a little bit of a risk of him getting injured, and having Ryan Tannehill as your backup quarterback is just golden. I'd feel comfortable having him as my QB1, you know, one of these late round quarterback picks. So Ryan Tannehill has got to be the guy here. They're just so efficient in Tennessee, and now they bring in Julio Jones. I really just don't know how you're going to stop this offense with A.J. Brown, Julio, and Derrick Henry. It's just so perfectly balanced. So that's why I'm going Ryan Tannehill here for my final pick. All right, so this is our final roster. Don't pay attention to the grade. That's just how well you follow their rankings, but we're not doing that. We're you know doing our own stuff, making our own picks. And so let's just take a look at this team. At quarterback, we've got Kyler Murray. Running back slots, Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Wide receivers, Amari Cooper and Robbie Anderson. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. Flex, we've got Chris Carson. And then our bench is Mike Davis, Brandon Cooks, Raheem Mostert, Antonio Brown, Jalen Waddell, and Ryan Tannehill. I honestly think this is one of my best teams that I've done in these mock drafts. This team is legit. Quarterback position, a high-end quarterback one. At running back, we've got Zeke, who I think is a mid-tier running back one. And then CEH, who's probably a mid to high-end running back two. Wide receiver is definitely our weakness here. I think Cooper is kind of a fringe wide receiver one to wide receiver two. Robbie Anderson is probably just our weakest guy here in this lineup, but that's honestly going to happen when you go early quarterback and early tight end. So I'm fine, you know, kind of taking that balance. Travis Kelsey at tight end, the number one tight end, huge positional advantage. Love having him on the team. Chris Carson in the flex, a super solid flex in my opinion. And then we're looking at the bench, which I think is really solid. Mike Davis as the RB4. I mean, if you have Mike Davis as your RB4, you are set. Then Brandon Cooks as some depth at the wide receiver slot. Raheem Mostert as the fifth running back. Really like him. I talked about him and Mike Davis in that mid-round running back target video. So obviously I like both of those guys. Then Antonio Brown, another player that I've taken in a few of these drafts, just because I think his value at his ADP is too good to pass up. Jalen Waddle is kind of my wide receiver dart throw this draft. And then Ryan Tannehill as my backup quarterback, potential trade asset. I really like this team overall. This is one of my favorite teams I've mock drafted for sure. So I'm feeling pretty good about this, but that's all I have for you guys today. If you enjoy this mock draft, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. That really helps me out a lot. And then also let me know your thoughts with this draft. You know, where did I go wrong with some of these picks? What were some of your favorite picks? What do you think of the team overall? I'd love to hear it. So let me know down below and I'll respond back to you. But that's all for today. Thank you guys and I'll see you tomorrow.